ready to rise above loud, angry headlines, longing for an alternative to the world's fighting and fear-mongering? Christianity Today magazine offers a trustworthy, faithful perspective on stories that matter to you, from the church next door to movements and ministries all around the world. Subscribe to CT for full access to in-depth reporting, insightful commentary, and redemptive storytelling, both online and in print. A subscription to CT also includes seasonal devotionals, special issues, and exclusive content. Visit orderct.com today or click the link in the show notes to get started and join a growing community of thoughtful evangelical Christians who value different news that makes a difference. That's orderct.com to subscribe today. This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmond.edu. Hello, this is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. We're about to take a little uh, break here in the summer here on Signposts. I'm going to take a few weeks as I'm writing a book to really uh, concentrate and give my attention to, to this book. And as I was thinking about that, one of my colleagues said, you should talk about on Signposts how it is that you write. And I, I have to be honest, I'm really reluctant to do that because I said, nobody cares how I write, first of all. And uh, second of all, I certainly don't commend to anybody else uh, my particular way of writing. But he said, well, there may be some people who can benefit from that as they're thinking about how to write uh, for themselves. And maybe so. Because you are probably going to be called upon to write something at some point uh, in your life. It, it, It may not be that you're a writer, but you may have to write a loved one's obituary, or you may have to write a, a, a letter to a, a child or a family. But all of us are going to have to have to put down on paper or on the screen our thoughts at some point. Some people just do it much more extensively than other people do it. So here's here's kind of the process I go through. And again, I don't commend it to anybody at all. This is just the way that I work. What I wish I could say to you is that I sit down and make out an elaborate outline and then uh, have uh, note cards in front of me and I go through each of the note cards and that, that's not how I work. What I have to do is to uh, spend a lot of time, first of all, reading in whatever area that I'm going to be writing in. And then a lot of time just processing that. So just thinking. So a lot of the most important writing time uh, for me actually is not in front of the screen. It's walking in the woods because that's when I'm thinking through, okay, well, what about this and what about that and what about this idea and what about that idea Uh, and and sort of churning uh, as I'm thinking through this. And for me, exercising, especially 
sort of meandering, free uh, exercising is what helps to put all of that uh, together uh, for me. I also like to keep with me a, a little notebook because there will always be those moments where something will just flash. I'll be uh, reading in Scripture devotionally, and something will hit me. I haven't considered that that's important for whatever this thing is I'm writing. Or I may be sitting in a wedding or somewhere, and something hits me. Uh, I want to have something that I can, that I can quickly jot something down uh, about whatever it is that, that I'm thinking. And then just continue to churn and continue to, to think about these things. Then when I sit down to, to write, what I typically want to do is to spend some time balancing writing what's down on the page, usually these days in my, in my study at home, with sort of pacing around the floor. Uh, so if you watched me, I would never want anyone watching me. I have, a, I have a couple of friends who will sit there and write while they've got people around them. Uh, that, that would be disastrous uh, for me because I just jump up and pace around the room and sit down and write a little bit more, jump up, pace around the room some more. It's a really sort of neurotic thing to watch. I wouldn't want anybody to see. But as I'm writing things down, I have to have huge periods of solitude interrupted by short bursts of community. So what I need to do is to talk about what it is that I'm, I'm writing about, uh, not all the way through, but at certain little, little bursts. So I'll gather a group of friends together and just say, hey, this is what I'm thinking about. Does this make sense? Or I'll call my friend uh, David Prince on the phone and say, hey, what do you think about? And just start uh, start talking about what it is that I'm writing. Or uh, my wife and I might go for a walk and I might uh, talk to her. Here's, here's what I'm thinking through. That helps me to kind of break out a little bit of the solitude in order to test out ideas. But I have to have the solitude. Uh, So often when I was at Southern Seminary, I would drive down to Gethsemane Abbey in uh, Kentucky, place where uh, Thomas Burton uh, was a monk. Um, And I would go there because I could just wander in the woods completely silent and, and quiet. Uh, there, think things through, and then I could come back into the abbey and write down the sorts of uh, outlines of things that I thought about. Um, and I may be there all day and then get in the car and drive back, and I've got the time driving uh, that, that also then. So usually it is better for me, it's better time spent if I would take Uh, however long it took to drive to Gethsemane Abbey, all day there, and however time it took to come back, even if I didn't put anything on the page uh, that whole day. That's not a day lost because it's it's all then uploading, and then I come home and I'm able to, to write. It's also true for me that I can't write little dribbling out amounts in any sort of continuous way. So if I'm writing a book, I just can't write uh, a paragraph on a plane and then another paragraph uh, in between meetings. I've got to write continuously in the flow of thought. Really can't be, can't be broken away or, or interrupted uh, from, from that. Now, you may be different, 
and it may be that the way that you write is best um, in, in terms of just planning out, I'm going to write a paragraph uh, every morning or whatever. If so, good for you. I wish I could do that, but that's not the way, uh, that's not the way that I operate or not the way that I, that I do. Now, that's different when I'm writing a book from when I'm writing a short article, like a, a blog post or something. In that case, what I need is a dose of adrenaline. So what I need is for something to either make me angry or make me really, really happy, where I just simply have to express it. And I was telling that to a friend one time, and he said, really? Angry? He said, because almost none of your writing seems angry to me. And I said, well, that's, that's because the anger for me is a sense of provocation. It's not what I then use to actually write the article. So I may become really angry or grieved about, about something, but then I'm going to work through, yeah, but why would somebody do this? Why would somebody hold to that view? And then when the adrenaline hits, I usually just sit down and, and just write the, the blog post all together in sometimes just a few minutes, but because it's all, it's all sort of uh, whatever's in the background has been fueled up with the adrenaline, and then, and then there it is. The other kind of writing, though, that I find really beneficial is, uh, is something that you'll never see. Uh, it's something that, that actually I heard recommended by a podcast host, uh, Brian Koppelman, who's a, a film writer and a producer, and he, he hosts a podcast that I love called The Moment. And he recommended something called Morning Pages. As a matter of fact, he just, he just mentioned Morning Pages uh, one time on the program. And I didn't even know what it was. And so I Googled it and found out that Morning Pages is something recommended by this book, The Artist's Way, which I then ordered and read. I don't endorse everything or even most of what's in that book. A lot of it's really new agey and sort of uh, spiritual, therapeutic kind of stuff. But there's some really helpful uh, stuff in there, too, that you can, you can sieve out. And one of those things was the idea of, of morning pages. Basically what it is is you get up first thing in the morning and you write three pages that no one is ever going to see, that you're not going to look at, uh, at least for a long period of time, where you can make all the mistakes and errors and you can just stream of consciousness right and at first, I thought, that is going to be a total waste of time, but I did it. And it was really helpful to me because it, when I would sit down, first thing waking up and just start writing uh, and not know where I'm going to go, I could find out some of the things that, was, that, that were actually burdening me at the time, some of the things that, that maybe God was working on in my life. And so in doing that, I've kind of um, been able to find things to have more gratitude about. I've, I've found some, some sins to repent of. There, there are things that I thought that I had forgiven that when I'm doing those morning pages, I realize, wait a minute, if I'm, if I'm still talking about this in this stream of consciousness way, then maybe I haven't uh, forgiven this. All, all sorts of things have, have sort of come out of that, and it just kind of primes my brain to be able to think through other things uh, d- during the day. Again, what's key to me 
is the idea, nobody is going to see this. I'm not going to look at this. So it doesn't have to be perfect because perfection is, or the idea of perfection is what scares me from from writing. And I think that's true for a lot of people. Uh, it, it causes you to procrastinate because you think I want to wait until I can write this perfectly. You're not going to write this perfectly. There's no way to do this uh, perfectly. You're not even going to go back and and look at it again. That's important for me. And then also, no one's going to see it, including, you know, sometimes when I'm keeping a journal, I've always got in the back of my mind, my kids are going to one day be reading this. And I want to sort of put my best foot forward uh, for for my, my kids. Um, this this does away with the temptation toward that kind of performance or that kind of mask. Now, obviously, I've got the notebook on my desk, and I could drop dead of a heart attack today, and my kids could read uh, the the morning pages. But that's not what's that's not what's in your mind as you're doing it. And so that's helpful for me. It may be something that you uh, that you enjoy or something that you don't, but it has it has proven to be to be a source and a, a catalyst for a lot of things that I've later written about or preached about or talked about later on. All right, we're going to take a few weeks off here on Signpost, and then we'll be back uh, coming into the fall with many new episodes of Signposts, including some things I'm really excited about right now. Uh, that I'll tell you about later. So have a good time, have a good summer, and we'll reconnect afterward. This is Russell Moore, and you're listening to Signposts. This episode is brought to you in part by Ministry Pivot with Russell St. Bernard. This podcast features important conversations with industry leaders such as Nona Jones, Bishop Walter Scott Thomas, Reverend Dr. Nicole Martin, and so many more. Visit ministrypivot.com or on all streaming platforms.